Good morning, everybody. So uh, before we get started, we're going to start us up in prayer. Um, So if you all bow your heads. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, God, we just come to you today, just give you everything that we're dealing with today, anything that we're struggling with. And we just pray, God, that at this moment that you will stand up while I sit down and that you will just allow everybody to hear what it is that you need, that they are in need of, God, that their spiritual ears will hear, God, and that um, they will see your glory, God, and everything, even in the things that, um, that we lack sometimes and we forget. And so, God, I just pray that you allow the Holy Spirit to overtake this place and that you just um, be with us, God. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, amen. So, uh, last week, if y'all were here, we were talking about, I'm going to recap, um, about Elijah. Um, so we had started off in Kings and we're still in Kings. Um, but what had happened is, um, Elijah was just like an ordinary person. I'll be quick. I won't be forever about it, but, um, he had went to a King called Ahab. If you weren't here last week and he had told him there was going to be a drought and um, that he had to go into hiding. God told him to go and hide, and he went and hid, and um, God actually provided for him food. He didn't have to worry about food or water. There was, and when the brook dried up, he, God told him to move again because he was again in hiding because of the king, and this king was a really, really bad, bad king. And so he went and um, went with the widow, which... She fed him and took care of him, but her son died. And then he brought, Elijah brought her back to, brought the little boy back to life. Um, So we saw him, you know, God feed him. We seen, you know, Elijah bring somebody back to life. And then um, where we kind of left off last week was where now Elijah's standing in front of the king because God is talking, talking, have already spoken to him again, saying the drought is about to come to an end. It's been like three and a half years that the drought has been happening and he goes back and um, tells uh, Ahab that the drought's about to be over. And so that's where we left off last week. And so now what's happening is they're still there talking. And um, Elijah is telling him, you know what? Like he realizes um, that Ahab is actually not like, um, he is not actually, oh, what just happened? Okay, there. Um, he's one of those people that he needs to see to believe. Um, I know that there's a lot of us like that. Like you can tell us and tell us, everybody can tell us, but sometimes we have to see things to believe it. Right. And so he understands that that's probably what, what he needs to do. So he tells Ahab, there's still 450 prophets. And at this point, Elijah believes he's the only prophet left of God. So he tells him, go tell your prophets to go get two ox and some firewood and we're going to have a showdown. It's about to get real. So he tells them, you, you bring the ox, you bring the wood and we're going to, you're going to, we're going to see which God is the real God. So he tells them, we're going to go ahead and see who will bring the fire. And so this is pretty much where we're going to, we're going to start off in. And so, um, the people of that worshiped Bala 
which was the the actual ones that everybody that Ahab and Jezebel were trying to get all the Israelites to worship. They did um, all kinds of things as far as worshiping, meditating. Um, they would cut themselves on on a like to sacrifice and stuff like that to try to make a prayer to try to really move things. And so we're going to start off in uh, Kings 1, 18, 27. So if you have your Bibles and you want to get there, I can give you all a second um, to get there. But we'll also have it on the screen. So if you don't, it's, it's definitely okay. Uh, Kings 1, 18, 27. You good? <laughs> okay, it says, by noon, Elijah had started making fun of them. Oh, before I get started, sorry. Um, I'm, I'm sure that at this point, they they went hours. He told Elijah, Elijah told Ahab, go ahead and go ahead of me. You go ahead and I'm going to let you go first, right? Because he already knows what's going to happen. He knows God, right? So he's like, you go ahead, let me, let me, let's see what's going to happen. So they built like this altar and um, they cut up the meat and they put it on top of the firewood. And so the whole thing is, is that you pray to your God and see who actually lights the fire, like without us having to do it. Let's see who really is doing it. So this is the showdown that's about to go take place. So as hours has went on, um, I mean, you have to believe that it's already now it's noon. So it's, they probably started early in the morning. And so now this is where we read. It says, by noon, Elijah has started making fun of them, taunting them. Call a little louder. He is a God after all. Maybe he's off meditating somewhere. Or maybe he's gotten involved in a project. Or maybe he's on vacation. You don't suppose he overslept, do you? Or needs a wake-up call. They prayed louder and louder, cutting themselves with swords and knives as ritual commons uh, to them until they were covered with blood. This went on past noon. Oh, I've read a little further. So now they are just, he's getting up, he's making fun of them and he's like, he already knew, he knew what was gonna happen, what was gonna take place because he knows God. And he, they don't know because a lot of times when we worship things that are not God, we don't know when it, that it's not going to do what it's supposed to do. And we run into disappointments. And this part right here, I was thinking about how, like, how many times we worship things that are not, that are not of God. Like, we could worship money. We could worship a person. Maybe we could even worship sometimes our children because it's anything that you put in front of God. And so, you know, at this point, like he's taunting them, but at the same time, he knew that they were going to be disappointed. He knew it. And that happens to us on a daily, you know, like when we put things, we are like, we put work in front of everything. You know, we put a person in front of us. They disappoint us because they're not God. And we forget that and we forget and we think that, you know, these things are going to satisfy us and make us happy. But the reality is because they're not God. We're going to really be disappointed over and over and over again. Even in somebody that you're close to, like a friend or maybe your spouse or, you know, your children. Sometimes our children disappoint us, you know, and then we get upset and we're mad. 
and we're like, why did this happen? You know, and, and we forget because we're human and we're not, we're not a God. And so Elijah's taunting them, but at the same time, like they're missing the whole point. Like they're getting angry and more and more mad. And he's just so confident, you know, he's so confident in God. And so I even, um, I didn't bring my phone up here, so I can't read it, but I was reading about how Steve Jobs, if you don't know who Steve Jobs, I'm sure everybody knows who Steve Jobs is, right? Billionaire was one of the foundations of Apple, right? He got sick and his, his, at the very end, he had quoted something um, saying that it didn't matter how much money you had, it didn't matter how much, um, how much material things you had, they couldn't take your sickness away from you. They can't, money cannot replace your sickness. And, you know, that the important things were, you know, he didn't realize at the time were family and obviously he didn't have God in his life like he should have, or he would have been able to live a little bit better. But the things that sometimes we think about that are for us, we, we lose sidetrack of it. And sometimes we could even be following God and then we get sidetracked with other things and start thinking that that's better because it's easier or because it satisfies us better. So, you know, that, that was something that really just struck me hard. But what you find out is in this, um, in this passage is now Elijah gets upset, right? He tells him, you know what? I've had enough. It's my turn now. It's, it, you know, the, I could just imagine, right? Like they were like all standing there covered in blood. The altar's all messed up. I mean, and these people are mad. They probably look crazy. And he's just like, mm-hmm. Y'all ain't even going to believe what's about to happen. And so, you know, he, he tells them he has to fix the altar, right? Because it's in, in, in destroyed and because of all them jumping up and down and praying and dancing and all this stuff. So he puts 12 stones in front of the altar and he um, gets everything put together. And in fact, he tells them dig a trench in front of the altar. He tells them to get buckets of water. He tells them to fill it up three times and pour it on top of the wood and on top of the, the, the ox that's already cut up, right? And so you're thinking, again, there's fire supposed to come, like, and you're net wetting it. It's going to be harder because it's wet, right? It's not lighter fluid, it's water. And so he goes into a deep prayer, and um, he says, Oh, God, oh, God of Abraham, of Isaac, and Israel, make it known right now that you are the God of Israel and I am your servant and that I am doing under what your orders. Answer me, O God, answer me and reveal to the people who you are, that you're the God, the true God, that you're giving these people another chance of repentance. And so we didn't have it on there, but this is something that he, again, when Elijah prayed, when we talked about last week, when Elijah prayed, he prayed with all his might because he knew what God was capable of. He was confident in what God was able to do. So he knew that if he prayed and he gave it everything, God was gonna, God was gonna move. And sure enough, in the middle of all of this, after he prays, it says, immediately the fire of God fell and burned up the offering, the wood, the stones, the dirt, even the water in the trenches. All the people fell on their faces in awe and worship. God is the true God. God is the true God. 
I mean, they not, and, you, and I was starting to think about this, right? Because you know, as people, I would say we're curious, right? We see a wreck, we see anything happening. We're like, what's going on over there? I gotta see what's happening. So as they're there, not only are all the prophets there, Ahab's there, you have to know that there's probably a lot of people there that are wanting to see what's gonna happen because they're curious who is the real God. So there's all these people here that just witnessed fire coming from heaven and lighting all this. I don't know about you, but I'm like, dang, that's powerful. He is on fire for God is good. So Ahab witnessing this, he is, I'm sure at this point now he has a different aspect because he wants to kill Elijah during all this time. He has a respect for him. He's probably honestly scared of him because I don't know about you, if, some, if that happened and you have to have that respect or be like, man, when this person talks or prays, like I'm scared of what they're going to pray about. Like I don't want them to pray about something about me because they may take me out. You know, you never know. So you have to know that Ahab had to have like a, of fearness now of Ahab, right? I mean, of Elijah. And so Elijah is um, standing there and he's, all of a sudden he hears rain, right? And so I, w I was thinking about this, right? Cause y'all living here, we know the weather is ridiculous, right? It's sunny. The other day I was like, there was not supposed to be any rain and it got dark, windy cold and I was like it says it's supposed to be 75 degrees with no clouds it's a storm outside somebody failed but um he felt he said it said he heard the rain coming and so he goes up to this mount um Cal this uh, mount mount can't even talk mountain called uh mount carmel and he bows down and he prays. And when he prays, he takes it with everything. Like when he prays, Elijah prays desperately for everything. So he, um, it says that he put his head between his knees and he prayed to God. And he tells his servant after he gets done praying and he tells the servant, go look and see if you can see the rain see if you see. And he goes and looks, I don't see anything. It's completely still a blue sky go check again. And he does this seven times. And so the seventh time he comes back and says, Oh, um, I want to tell you there's a little cloud. That's like as big as a hand. That's not very promising, right? A little hand, but being in West Texas, anything can happen. Right? So I just imagine the weather being like that because immediately he's like, we got to hurry up and tell Ahab he needs to move quickly. So he goes and he uh, runs, runs out to tell, he has sent his servant to go, but he wants it to be quicker. So he runs and Elijah runs faster than the chariot, it says. I'm like, dang, I bet you he looked like Speedy Gonzalez, right? Like, shh, shh. I just imagine, I'm like, can we get that? Like, see visual of that, you know? But um, so sure enough, it gets dark and here comes the rain. So this is where we're going to pick up now. It says, Ahab reported to Jezebel everything that Elijah had done, including, oh, I didn't tell y'all. Sorry. I, um, the massacre of prophets. Jezebel immediately sent a messenger to Elijah with her threat. The God will get you for this. And I 
will get even with you. By this time tomorrow, you will be dead as any one of those prophets. So after the, um, the whole fire from heaven, Elijah goes and kills all those 450 prophets that are massacres them, like just, just takes them out. So now Ahab is like your typical guy, right? He goes home to tell his wife to be like, man, let me tell you what Elijah did. Like, you know, he's all telling them what happened and how he brought the fire. And I'm sure he's giving her all the, and in the middle of all this, again, because she didn't witness none of this, she's getting mad and angry and angry. And I don't know about y'all, but any ladies, we, when we get mad, we get mad. Like, there's nothing like a woman scorn, right? When we get mad, we are evil. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so you have to know that that's exactly what happened. Like Jezebel is furious. I mean, she is livid because now not only did she probably feel embarrassed because Bala didn't show up and all her prophets are, all the prophets are, are dead, but They've also been, um, what would you say, like, um, they're actually been shown up by God. And nobody likes to be shown up like, I can't believe, you know, you just outdid me. And that's how exactly what's going on in this situation. So she is angry. So that messenger that goes to tell Elijah, like, dude, I'm just, you know, she's about to, you know, she's going to take you out. Something happens in Elijah, and it really, like, this is where I'm like, what? You just did all these things, dude. Like, what's wrong with you? He gets scared and takes off. Doesn't talk to God. He takes off running. He's scared because this woman wants to kill him. But if you think about it from the very beginning when we talked last week, he was in process of dying the entire time. That is why God told him to go hide. All this time, they were trying to kill him. And a woman saying it, he's like, no, I'm out, bro. Not even going to talk to God about this. And so he had a moment of humanness of like where we, we forget, right? We completely forget what God has done for us. Like there's so many times in my life that I've seen God do something just like, bam, right? It could be something small or it could be something big. And the next time I have a problem, I completely forget to talk to God and I'm like, why this is happening, you know, and I'm crying and I'm acting a fool and, you know, and we, we forget. And then we forget of all the things that he's already done and he never failed us. Even in the moments when we didn't know how we were going to get out of a situation or how we were going to get back up and go again. Right. And he, he never fails us, but we all are human and we have those moments, right. Where we're just like, man, I, I'm done. I'm done. And I thought it was really interesting because he gets, he literally has a, a dramatic moment to where like, I'm like, I can relate, man. It says, um, and we're not going to read it up here just yet, but it says that, um, he actually, um, tells a God, he actually, when he takes off, he tells God, enough of this. Take my life. I'm ready to join my ancestors in the grave. I'm exhausted. He was exhausted and he fell asleep. But 
he literally had that moment, like, I'm done, just end my life right now. I'm, I'm so over this, right? And so what we find out is that he takes off, he goes, he falls asleep in a bush, and God gives him food and water, and an angel shakes him up and twake him up, says, hey, you need to get going. It happens again. They're like, hey, you need to get going. So he travels for 40 days and for 40 nights. Um into a cave and when he gets into the cave he falls asleep and then this happens maybe it says when elijah saw how things were he ran for his dear life far into the south of judah he left his young servant and then went out to the desert another day of journey he came to a lone brook and collapsed in the shade wanting the worst way to be done with it all just to die enough of this god take my life i'm i'm ready to join my ancestors in the grave exhausted he fell asleep under a lone brook suddenly the angel shook him and awakened him get up and eat so you see how he, he was just so broken at this moment like like us at moments right we have those moments where we just get so broken we just want to die god and so now he's in the cave and we'll read on to where maybe maybe <laughs> I don't know <laughs> sorry guys so it's oh there we go oh keep going keep going Okay, so here we are. Sorry. Minor technical difficulty. Um, so he goes into this cave. And what we find out is a hurricane. A hurricane comes. Oh, sorry. I am so sorry, guys. I'm like kind of nervous. So um, the, word of the, word, the word of God came to him when he uh, was in the cave. And so God comes to him and he's telling him like, what are you doing here, Elijah? He comes to him, right? And it's like, what are you doing here? And if he's asking him, what is he doing here in this cave? You have to know that he did not talk to God. God is like, why did you run from this woman? All these things that I have been through all this with you. Why are you here? Why are you hiding, right? And so what ends up happening is he's telling him, come, come out to the, end, to the end of the cave, right? And, um, and God is going to pass by him. So then a hurricane whips through the mountains, shatters rocks everywhere. But God wasn't there in the shattered rocks. Then an earthquake happens. The winds of an earthquake come. God wasn't there in the earthquake. And then after the earthquake, there was a fire. It says an earthquake fire. But God wasn't in it. And so it says, then he told God, stand on the mountain at attention before God. God passed by and the hurricane ripped through the mountain, shattered the rocks, but God wasn't there to be found in the wind. So I'm reading this and I'm like, what? 
God's going to pass by, but before he passes by, all this stuff is happening. And sometimes we think that when we're like crying, we're praying, we're asking God, where are you? Where are you in this mess that I'm in? Where are you when I thought you were going to be here for me? And we want this big, you know, something to happen big, right? We want, we want to hear the voice of God to be like, I hear you, you know, or we want something magnificent to happen. And sometimes that happens, but there's times where that does not happen. And what you find out is in the midst of the hurricane, the earthquake, the fire, God comes to him after that in a small voice. He comes to him in a small voice because God isn't always, you know, he can do big things, but sometimes he's just like a friend, like, hey, come sit down. Let's talk about this, right? And that's what he's pretty much telling Elijah, like, hey, I know you're having a moment. You know, there's so many times where I'll have moments and my friends will have to be like, I'm going to need you to calm down, okay? You're being very dramatic. And I just need you to sit down and just breathe, right? Just breathe. And because I'll get worked up and I'm being dramatic about whatever's happening and it may not even be serious or it could be really serious, but I'm not even breathing. And so, you know, sometimes you need that just calmness of just God saying, hey, I'm going to get you through this. It's okay that you forgot. You didn't talk to me. We didn't talk about this. You didn't ask me, what is it that I, what, you know, what do you, what, what do you need from me so I can help you through this? Because God was so strong in Elijah, I'm sure that he could have just took Jezebel out, just striked her down if he wanted to. But Elijah forgot that. He forgot because he's human like us and he went into a moment of panic and worry and, and anxieties and fears and all kinds of stuff that we feel on a daily basis when something happens and we're hit that panic button and we're like, oh my gosh, what, what are we doing here? And that's exactly what happened. And so God is like, hey, 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 calm down. It's going to be okay. And he tells him, what I need you to do, Elijah, is I need you to get it together. It's going to be okay. And I need you to go back to where you came from and go back to um, that place over there. And in fact, I want you to go get, and he, he tells him to go get um, this person by the name of um, Hazel. And make him king over um, over Aram. Anoint Jezu, the son of uh, Nishim, and to go get Elijah. And that Elijah is going to be his, um, succeed him as a prophet. Like he's going to be pretty much like his right-hand man. Because sometimes God knows that we need other people, right? We need other people to help us. And he assures him like, hey, the first person I told you to go do, if they're going to die, um, people that are against against you and all this stuff, he's going to take them out. And if he doesn't, the next guy's going to get them. And if not, the next guy is going to get them. But you're going to be okay. And so for a brief moment, right, all these powerful things that Elijah did that we witnessed last week, that bringing people back to life and, you know, he was just, he was doing the most. He really was able to do a, a wonderful things in God but he was human and had that moment of like, I can't do this no more. He even literally is like, I just want to die, be with my ancestors. Like, you know, I don't know about you, but I've, I've had those moments. Like I really have, like, just take me now. But 
we forget that God is even in us in, in everything that we go through, even in the moments that are so difficult and so hard. And, you know, if that's you, if that's how you've been feeling, you know, you, you're struggling with maybe your finances, with family, with just your emotions. Sometimes our emotions can really mess us up whenever things aren't as bad as we, we feel that they are. Um, God is with us even in the quiet moments. Sometimes he's just like, just breathe, you know, and you know, I, when I'm having my moments of Elijah and I'm on the floor crying like a fool and acting crazy. And then sometimes he's like, you know what? Just take a nap, girl. Just take a nap. You're doing too much. You know, and I had taken a nap and I wake up refreshed and realize like my problem's not gone, but my God is good. And he is going to make a way out of no way. And no matter what happens, no matter what we're dealing with, he is there through the good, through the bad, and he's going to move. He's going to move. And the thing about Elijah is he's just like us. He, he did extraordinary things, but because he is obedience that we read last week and his prayer life. And so in those moments, we can be like Elijah. He was just an ordinary person, just like us, that was able to do big things. But because of those other things, and even he had flaws because he's human. So when you have those moments that you just want to give up, you want to just let go, just, I can't do this no more. You know, this person, if they, one more person tells me something, I'm going to lose it, you know, or if one more bill comes in, that's it. I'm, I'm just going to do something crazy. You know, we, we all have those moments, you know, we can't change them, but God is in, even in the quiet time with us. And we got to remember that and know that, Everything we're doing, all this stuff, going to church, going to our Bible studies, doing all the stuff, like we are going to have ups and we're going to have downs just like Elijah. But when we have those downs, we can't forget that he's never left us because in those moments we got to remember like, hey, he was with me when I didn't know how I was going to pay my rent. I don't know when I didn't have a job and he made a way for me to get a job. He was with me. When that child was acting crazy and came to himself, God was in it. You know, in those moments when I couldn't get out of the bed, God was in it. You know, he is in everything that we, we but we forget and we think that we're alone even when people disappoint us because we can't put our trust in people. We got to put our trust in God. And so... You know, if this has been you, you know, his journey is so interesting and just there's so much in there that you could take from it, you know, but one of the things that I want y'all to take from this, and this is our challenge for this week, is that focus on God's faithfulness when our situations are difficult. He is so faithful. He is so faithful in the little things and the big things. When he was able to help you get that house that you didn't think you could. When he was able to help you get the job or those finances that you couldn't. You know, all the things that we forget that he was there with us when those moments hit that are hard. And we're going to have difficult moments. We're going to have tribulations, they say, because Jesus had them. We are not exempt from them, but God is there with us. And so we have to turn to him and let go and give it to him and remember Hey, he brought me through it this time. You know what? I'm trusting you this time to let go and give it to you. And so um, that's our challenge this week. And I hope that y'all had time to sit 
and kind of think about when we talked about last week about your droughts and what, you know, because even in those moments, God is in it, even when it doesn't make sense. I think for me, there's been times where um, when I was going through the beginning of my divorce and it was really hard. And I remembered just having moments where we just danced. Didn't we, Krita? <laughs> we just danced. It didn't take my situation away. It didn't take my problems away that I had and all these things I had to deal with. But we danced through them. And those are the moments that even through my hard times, I still had happy moments because God was in it. God is in it with me. And he's in it with you in whatever you're dealing with today. And don't get discouraged because it doesn't look like you think it should. You know, remember, hey, he's got me this far. I'm still here. I'm still trucking, right? We got to keep moving. We got to keep moving and let him lead us. So as we get ready to go into worship, um, just take time to just pray and whatever, you know, whatever worship looks like for you, if you need to come and just sit and pray, if you need to come to the altar and pray, whatever it looks like for you to worship and to pray, you know, give it to God. Don't leave this place the same with all the struggles that you had because God is here. He wants to help. And we have to take that offer because he is the God of gods and can do anything. And if he's, he's wanting to help, you want to, hey, I don't know what this looks like, but help me any way you can. So as we go into a time of worship, just remember that, guys. So y'all have a great Sunday. Thank you. And that concludes our Elijah.